Greetings, ghouls. It's time to discuss, disgust, and dissect. Horror. No normal mind can imagine. And now, introducing our hosts, the gruesome twosome, Mike and Jeremy. And we are Fetch of the Dead. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Welcome to Fans of the Dead. I'm Mike. I'm Jeremy. How you doing, bro? Doing good. Getting ready for Patriots playoffs. Hell yeah. Pats Bills. Gonna be a good game. Gonna be a cold one. Yeah, I don't think it w- wouldn't have mattered if they were playing in New England or Buffalo. It's it's fucking cold. It's a little warmer here, uh, but I believe it's gonna be eight degrees there. Yeah, they'll be fine. Oh yeah. So before we continue, I would just like to say that we have hit a very special milestone. We have. We have. This is episode 69. (laughs) So thank you for everyone that listens. Uh, We greatly appreciate it. And uh, yeah. We're definitely trying to keep it classy here, aren't we? It won't stop. (laughs) I shut off the phone. So yeah, thank you for uh, listening. Episode 69, we did it! 69, dudes! <laughs> yeah. Settle down, Beavis. Alright, so this this one is, uh, it's something. <laughs> it was a movie. It was a movie. Now, I thought it was very fun. That being said, I could see why <laughs> a lot of people might have some problems with it. It's technically messy. Yeah, a little bit. We're going back to 1982, and we're going to be discussing pieces. But before we get into it... This is a recipe for disaster. You got anything for this one? So I tried. I went through everything, and the only thing I could come up with was that scene in, I think it was, was it the locker room where the chick was, like, cut in half? Okay. Like, in the shower? Yeah, I remember the scene. So all I could think of is, like, while he's doing that, was, like, a meatball sub. Because it's like cut in half, and like, so I'm like oh. you know what? <laughs> well, luckily I got I got two really good ones. First, though, I do want to say I found a beer with puzzle pieces on it. See, just kidding. It's a it's a Pabst Blue Ribbon <laughs> with like scribbles. So I couldn't find anything somewhat related. So I'm like, okay, this movie was from the '80s. So you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna get me a nice Coors Banquet. The banquet. Which is why I asked you if you watched Cobra Kai, because this is the official beverage of Johnny Lawrence. <laughs> nice. All right, yeah, so I did some bad chop suey. Now, I would do American chop suey, but this movie is based in America, <laughs> but it wasn't filmed in America. It was filmed in Spain, so I did some Spanish chop suey. So how do you do Spanish chop suey? Well, you do the meat like you normally would, except I went with, you know, basically taco seasoning. And instead of macaroni, I did fideos, which is Spanish pasta. It's kind of like spaghetti, almost. Made the tomato sauce up kind of like a salsa. Mashed up with some uh, peppers and onions. It was pretty fucking good. Nice. It's called bad chop suey because that's what the guy calls it later. But it wasn't bad. It was uh, it was pretty, pretty good. Now, nice. for my beverage, made a homemade frosty. Ooh. You have to have french fries to dip in that frosty. 
So the, yeah. the frosty is just vanilla ice cream, a little bit of Nesquik powder, milk. You blend it all up with some Kahlua. Cheers. Cheers. Actually, really tastes like a frosty with Kahlua. <laughs> you need like four of these because they're like tiny. Although it still says 12 ounces, so so it's like a can, I guess. I think it's the awkward sh- awkward uh, shape of the bottle. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, well. <clears throat> Pieces from 1982. You don't have to go to Texas for a chainsaw massacre. It's exactly what you think it is. One of my top horror films of all time. A masterpiece of early 80s sleaze. Full-on chainsaw violence, absurd amounts of nudity, and the greatest ending in horror history. Is it? Says Eli Roth. A perfect 10. Says Chaz Balloon. (laughs) Well, he thought it was a perfect 10. The best chainsaw flick since the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Splatter City. Four stars. Joe Bob says check it out. I love how the DVD cover doesn't really talk about the movie. It's just like talking about people that like it. From the producer of Last House on the Left and Friday the 13th comes the sickest and most violent of all the 80s slasher movies. A psychopathic killer collects body parts from his nubile co-ed victims to create the likeness of his mother, who he savagely murdered with an axe when he was 10 years old. Pieces. Yeah, that, well, I mean, I guess there's probably a reason why they didn't mention anything about the movie and just mention people that like it, because they want people to watch it. <laughs> yeah, uh, so the plot is thin. A little bit. Well, let's just dive right into Spoilers it. Spoilers ahead. <laughs> that, I mean, that being said, I mean, it was entertaining as fuck. Like, I laughed my balls off throughout this entire movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it. The running time is something like 86 minutes, 85 minutes according to the DVD, and... Yeah, it was an hour 25. It went so quickly. Yeah, I saw it. It was on uh, Tubi. Apparently, you have the DVD. Mil gritos tienes la noche. That's uh, the original title of the movie, and the American original title was The Night Has a Thousand Screams, even though the original title translates to A Thousand Screams Have the Night, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. But we went with pieces. Boston, 1942. Yep, 1942 starts. It's like a a suburban house, which I never would have guessed that would have been in Spain because that looked like a typical Boston suburb. It looked like a a house. They didn't really show much besides the house. So yes. Yeah, but like you know when like like in other countries, like your typical houses look a little bit different than what we have over here. It just looked like something that would have been like in our neighborhood. But not Boston. Mostly shot in Madrid in Valencia, Spain. Yes. Uh, so we have a kid who's putting a puzzle piece together, and he's reciting the uh, the Humpty Dumpty rhyme. The Humpty Dance what? is your chance to do the hump. That one? No. No. No, not that one. Would have been awesome if it was, but <laughs> this is 1942. Hey, there were a lot of stuff in that room that didn't come from 1942. So I'm going to get to that. So uh, the mother is... She comes in and sees him, like, playing with a puzzle. Oh, how sweet. To find out it's a nudie puzzle. Oh, filthy! Leo, like your Jeez. father! <laughs> she's, I'll kill you if I see this stuff in this house again. You're just like your dad. She's smashing shit all over the place. Death, Go get a bag. We're going to burn it all. Death threat right away. And, yeah. And we see that. She, so she smashes the mirror. And then yep. we see a slow motion smash of the mirror. 
So she's going through all his shit, like his toy box. She's like, hey, stupid, like, hurry up. And so he turns, she turns around and he hurries. All right. He hurries and acts to her face. That's not a plastic bag. Nope. And he just paints the walls. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, paints the cool New England Patriots banner that he has hanging on his wall, which is awesome because yes, okay. he's excited about the game tonight. Okay. My picky bitch note. This is 1942. Yes. The Patriots didn't exist until 1960. And then there were the Boston Patriots. I had that exact pennant on my wall, like, growing up as a kid. Are you from 1942? No, because the Patriots didn't come out for another 18 years. Yeah. So that was a little annoying. This is just one of the things. So, yeah, they fucked up on on the time. But this is just one of those things that they want to ingrain in your brain. That this is in the United States. This is in Boston. Massachusetts. No, I get it. And I guarantee you, like anyone else from any other part of the country is going to watch this and not even notice. Very true. Uh, Plastic bags also uh, were not invented yet. I didn't even think of that. Uh, The doorbell rings. There's a lady outside. There's no answer. Uh, The phone rings as the kid is now sawing his mother apart. Yeah. You could say he's cutting her into pieces. Eh, just like a whatever. It's like, <laughs> like no, no worries. Uh, they break into what the house. What happened to you? Like she wouldn't let you. Oh, <laughs> and he's putting the rest of the puzzle together. And, and it's funny because they show it. There's only one piece missing, and he's holding that piece up to his face. Like, oh, where does this one go? Like he's thinking. But there's pieces all over the place. I don't know where all those other pieces came from because he finishes the puzzle like, and there's still pieces. Yeah, I'm like, what is going on? Where do those pieces go? Which is a question that we'll be asking ourselves later. And we will never get an answer. Uh, so they break into the house, and like he goes and runs and hides in the closet, and the cops find him, and he's like, Oh my god, mommy, where's mommy? Uh, this is Timmy, I believe they said. Yes. Yeah, uh, so she basically says his dad is away in the Air Force in Europe, and I'll take him to his aunt. Also not a, basically. Not a thing yet. We go to the credits. It's like a black screen. You have like the knife on the left hand side and some bloody font, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, now I wanna, the opening music was good. The opening music was good, but you saw it on Tubi. I saw it on Shutter, and we didn't get to experience the original version by Librato Pastor. Uh, you can check it out on YouTube. It's actually better than the stuff that they stole from various movies to put into this one. <laughs> So it wasn't music by Cam? I noticed that. It said music by Cam, but all the pieces <laughs> of mu- music were, like, I think Cam is the one that stole all the music and put it I, I don't know. Maybe he did that cool bassy line that they do sometimes. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't Cam. know. Most of the music is stolen from other other pieces of art. Ah, I see what you did there. So we're going to fast forward, and there's somebody going through a drawer. 40 we years have... later. 40 years later like trench coat black gloves it's like a box with a floral pattern on it and there's bloody shoes and a dress that were his mother's how the so fuck I'm, did he get a hold of those yeah the, the, i would assume those would be evidence for the police department unless he insisted that she be buried with them and then he dug up the body and stole them maybe i guess so i mean I that's and he didn't break into the police station and Steal him from an evidence locker or whatever. No. Uh, he has a, there's like a vision of the mother falling to the floor. Just in, in case you a... forgot what she was wearing 10 seconds ago. So you know that these are her actual clothes. <laughs> and then there's a picture of his mother with a red X. <laughs> Just in case you forgot that she's dead. 
So we're in modern times now, 1983. There's a glass and mirror truck that pulled up. Now, George Street, Dedham. I looked this up. Does not exist. I'm not surprised. I figured it didn't exist because the address number was like six digits. Yeah, we, we don't <laughs> go up that high. Especially, well, I mean, in other parts of the country we do, but like back here, we like we, we cut it off in the hundreds. Because I was just curious. I so wanted it to be an actual place and be like, this is a Dunkin' Donuts somewhere. <laughs> yeah, but we're 40 years in the future from this 40 years yeah. in the future. Okay, so it was a Mr. Donut? So anyway, I would like to shout out the skateboarding chick. A lot of people are doing things in this movie that they don't really know how to do well. It was the most awkward skateboarding I've ever seen. And you could see what was coming a mile away. And it's funny because she didn't. <laughs> no, apparently not. So she, she's these two guys are bringing this huge fucking mirror out of the truck. And of course, like she smashes into it. Now, I noticed like they showed her shoes. Like, quite a bit. Like, she was wearing, like, blue sneakers. I think they wanted to make it look like she was actually riding the skateboard. I think that's what right. they was like. Shot of the skateboard. Shot of her scary face. Like, ah! Right. So she crashes into the the, uh, the mirror, and then there's, like, a scene of the killer's mother, like, smashing the mirror, like, way back. Now, it doesn't really portray this very well. You could kind of just be like, what the fuck was that? But that's actually the trigger for the killer. Correct. But then next, we see a chick laying... Well, before that, we see uh, we see the, the box from another drawer. And, oh, correct. And we hear Humpty Dumpty and the puzzle, and he's putting together the headpiece. Correct. Pieces. That's right. And then, so then we see a girl laying on the grass, who was the same chick who just ran into a mirror unscathed, apparently. Apparently, she's a really good skateboarder, and she hit the mirror and did like an ollie or something that's a move right <laughs> oh no so but I, i'm looking at him and i see i'm like oh it's like that's the same chick because like she's got like the blue sneakers on are we just not going to address that she just went through a mirror i think they were trying to distract the audience by hiking her skirt up all the way to her ass that helped yeah not gonna lie i didn't notice her sneakers uh, but i did read that it's a, that it was the same woman yeah, so then you have this, this looks like a landscaper or something like that, you know, has a chainsaw, he's like up, like, trimming shrubs, he's like, excuse me, are you gonna be doing this long? Like, I'm gonna go somewhere else. He's like, oh, sorry, ma'am, just a few minutes, and then he just comes over and just, like, cuts her head off. <laughs> I mean, cuts it, like, clean off. Fantastic. Loved it. And now we cut over to... They show, like, an exterior of a college. It looked like it was, like, MIT or something like that. But, obviously, it was not. It was just generic college university. Yep. Uh, two inspectors asking some questions Sergeant to... Holden and Lieutenant Bracken. Yes. Uh, so, they're asking Grace a question. So, I'm, I think she was, like, a secretary or something like that. To the dean yes. who comes in to meet them. And I don't believe he was credited with, like, an actual name. It was just the Dean. Yeah, he's just the Dean. I wonder if his name is actual... It's Dean. And he's like, well, I guess my fate has been written out for me. I have to be a Dean. <laughs> and he's got a British accent, too. Yes, most of the actors in this movie, not American. Ah. It's funny, actually, uh, the guy that plays the real Gardner 
in the movie uh, Willard, Paul Smith. It's Willard. Willard. But Willard. Whatever. I, I just thought that was the way the British guy said it. He actually was Bluto in Robin Williams' Popeye movie. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I remember that. They dubbed his English with another actor's <laughs> English. <laughs> he speaks English. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so... So we're outside of class, and we have some stoner kids just, like, you know, token a joint, like, outside now in the that, hallway. This was an important scene for later, because there would be no reason to have a waterbed later in the movie if they don't mention it now being installed. Now, have you ever been laid on a waterbed? Yes. The most beautiful thing in the world is smoking pot and fucking on a waterbed at the same time. The chick who says that goes off to Professor Brown, who's kind of like a very boring looking guy and it's funny because this is one of many instances where young women are hitting on him i know she asks him about her pectorals which i thought was a funny way to say that yes her pectorals aka her boobs whoa <laughs> so yeah so she's like oh what tell me what's wrong with my pectorals she he's like they're fine <laughs> <laughs> so he goes into Grace's office, or the, the school office, or whatever. Uh, they're talking about how they think it's an inside job. Right, because she's eavesdropping on the conversation, and she, yeah. like, gets caught. She stops listening, but then she starts, like, gossiping to him, and he yeah. starts asking questions. they questions. still haven't found the head. Why do you think this may be an inside job? But he starts asking questions, and he came off really sketchy. Yeah, like, he, it's almost like he's bored, like... So I'm like, okay, noted. Yes. Uh, the dean sends for him, and he, of course, like he, like Professor Brown walks into the office, like as, he, like the dean's like, well, he lives with his mother. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Yes. So uh, Bracken, who wants to be shown around, like the campus, and is asking about the Palmer girl, like, like nobody really has, like there's like three people that have names in this movie, like none of the kids, like really, they don't really go by their names except for like oh i don't know if you've ever seen fight club but you don't have a name until you're dead yeah probably right uh so and like the dean wants to keep things quiet and we're just going to consider this an accident yeah so someone gets murdered. accidentally got her head cut someone off someone loses their head on a campus and nobody's gonna find out about this i think that's <laughs> that's funny even even for 1982 uh, oh yeah uh, so, you know, he wants Professor Brown to show her around, show them around, and he's just like, I've got too much to do. And he's just like, bullshit, you have like three like three things yeah. to do. He goes, what's like, your next class? Actually, work. tomorrow. All right, then, fucker, go be their liaison. Come on, let's do it. <laughs> uh, they're asking, uh, the detectives are asking about the girl, and Brown just keeps saying, I don't like to pry into their lives. Yeah. And then, uh, as they go into his office, Lieutenant asks for a match. He's always got this blunt, yeah. and he keeps asking for a light, and I feel so bad for this dude. He just wants to smoke his blunt, and he can't for this whole entirety of the movie. Yeah. So they go in, into his classroom, and then the, he shows them, oh, this was a this was a skull of a 16-year-old girl that a student had gifted me. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Very awkward that he keeps a legit human skull, doesn't know where it came <laughs> from, but he knows it's a 16-year-old girl. Right, so which I'm like, okay, like, this this guy, he's like, oh, I want to talk to him. He's like, ah, this was back in the 60s. He, he doesn't go to the school anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
uh, he's like, oh, do you think one of the boys did? He's like, listen, we're just buying clothes without labels and trying them on for size, which I actually kind of laughed out loud at that. Like, that's actually pretty funny. I, I wrote that one down. That's funny. So we have the groundskeeper, Willard. He's cutting some branches with the uh, with the same chainsaw. And the teen asks when he'll be it's done. A he's a similar like, chainsaw. It was, wasn't it the same one? There were multiple different chainsaws in this movie. Okay. They were all yellow, though, weren't they? Not 100% on that one, but there there are different sized uh, chainsaws. Like, I you got the one so, but... you can put in the holster, the one you can hide behind your back. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, this dude, Willard, he's he's like a beefy dude. Like you said, he played Bluto in uh, Popeye. Yeah, big creepy. Very creepy. Yeah sketchy apparently i mean the dean wants him out of here like can you just be done with whatever you're doing and just go move on to the next college please and he's just he's like i'm not being like i'm not being paid by the hour here so yeah so he has no reason to stay he's like i'll finish when i finish and i'm, I'm getting to it and he just kind of notices two students like making off off in the distance in the grass there it's just randomly people fucking in the bushes you know yeah that's fine and then they just yeah, move yeah. on it's like what? i mean it's college so i mean it's typical so we're going to go back to the puzzle. We're going to add another piece. We're going for the torso. Yes. Yes, we are. In the uh, We are in the library now where we have this uh, smoking hot like blonde passes a note to Lee. See, I thought this was like kind of like a nerdy kid, but holy shit, was I wrong. That's the exact... Right when I saw this guy, I'm like, oh, look at this fucking nerd. And he gets a note passed to him by a, sh- uh, a chick. She, her sweater says USA. In case you forgot what country we're in. This is the USA. I want to do it underwater. See you in the pool. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's fine. Like, all right, that's what we're going to do. Goes to throw the note away. Misses the bucket. And, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to kind of call him either, like, the shadow or the invisible man or some shit like that. Because that's what he kind of looked like. He looked like he the, picks sh- up the, note. the shadow nose. Yeah. Picks up the note, reads it, or whatever, keeps it. And the girl like sees her friends like outside like she leaves she's her friends and you know they poke a little more fun at professor brown call him the campus closet queen which like that's kind of mean not the only time he's called something like that in this movie but they were talking about making it with him yeah yeah uh so then she goes to hit the uh to hit the pool a nice indoor pool at that but i guess the water was like fucking freezing yeah, I guess uh, she almost got hypothermia. But I want to say, so she, she takes off her sweater. She takes off her, her bra. She throws the bra in the pool. Yeah. I was like, yeah. what's that about? Well, why don't you just jump in with it then? Like, well, why are you taking it off? What's the, um, what was the point? And she also took off her cowboy boots. In case you <laughs> forgot, we're in America. <laughs> because we all have cowboy <laughs> boots. <laughs> so yeah she's she's undressing uh the door like opens and she thinks it's kendall but it's um kendall being the nerd guy who's uh, not a nerd i call him black pants and black shoes guy uh takes off a bikini top dives in and he grabs like that long net that you use to like get like leaves out of the pool the pool skimmer yeah which he i thought this that. was great <laughs> he pulls it he, he <laughs> puts it over her head he's dragging her in and she's like, apparently not able to do anything about this little tiny thing that's, like, over her head. And can't breathe with the thing that's around her neck that has holes in it. And She's panicking, too. Have you ever been swimming and in the pool and someone puts a pool skimmer over your head and starts dragging you around? Not, not gonna lie. I have not. Okay, well. But, e- but either way, probably could have gotten away from that situation. I mean, for a little bit longer, I mean, he probably would have caught up to her and just, like, killed her anyway. But... 
Anyway, grabs a chainsaw and off with her head. And her arms. And, and her legs. No, that's right. And, and, the, and what? Her arms and legs. Oh, yes, that's right. That's correct. Uh, we're going to go back to the library where an even, like, actual nerdy kid. This is Merrill, I think his name was. Or Myrtle? Merrill? Yeah, he, he has another note telling him to go to the dean's office. And dude's looking at the note. He's like, huh. And the nerd guy goes, don't tell me I'm the bearer of bad news. I could kill myself. And he's like, oh, no, 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 it's not bad news. He's like, oh, good. I'm too young to die. Yeah. And, and then we cut back to uh, the guy in black. He's he's dragging his latest body around, like, like across, like, the floor. Bloody bag then, right over his really nice rugs. He's got, like, oriental rugs or some shit. Yeah. And uh, just throws him into the freezer. Like, he's got, a, like, a freezer. A big walk-in like, freezer. Yeah. yeah. Right next to the head. <laughs> yes. Now, besides the whole walk-in freezer, I do have to say that this room this house this apartment whatever it is reminded me of a professor's office the way it was decorated so right away i'm like hmm uh, i worked at framingham state college as an overnight janitor and there'd be quite a few times when i found this one particular office and i would set the alarm and i would sleep on the leather sofa <laughs> wake up right for the end of my shift so i could go punch out but it looked just just like this this uh, this That's set. funny. So yeah, so Willard is now he has some shears in his in his hands and he sees uh, Kendall in the pool area. Now this isn't like kind of like sketchy. Yeah, he's walking and, around in like his pajamas with open shears. Yeah. yeah, Kendall like fucking runs away. There's like a bloody chainsaw and he's just like ah. But after he Why touches the bloody chainsaw. Yeah, but then he sees like the like destroyed body like on the floor and he's just like eh. Like, no no reaction. None. No reaction whatsoever. Yeah, there was more reaction about him getting blood on his hand. Yeah. So he chases him, but apparently it was a trap for, you know, the authorities to grab him. And he's, I mean, he's throwing punches. He's throwing fucking haymakers and throwing cops around. He's Pluto. You need Popeye to take this motherfucker down. Yeah. Uh, so they arrest him. Like, the coroners are there. They're taking pictures and all that shit. And uh, Professor Brown pops up again. Now, this is a very interesting tactic from the, the lieutenant to ask one of the suspects his opinion on how <laughs> the body was ripped apart. Could that chainsaw do this? Did you look at the chainsaw? Did you see the body? And the guy goes, even the layman could see that this was done by this chainsaw. It's elementary. Wait, battery... And then he puts his hand on the chainsaw. Everybody's fingerprints are on this chainsaw. My battery-powered, smaller chainsaw could do that. It might take longer, but it'll do it. I think the point was, could this be done with a chainsaw? And the one covered yeah. in blood seems to be the murder weapon. Yeah. Unless you have two chainsaws. You set one on the ground. You take your other chainsaw, your good chainsaw, your killing saw. You cut the body up and spray the other chainsaw as a, as a room. Uh, yeah, apparently, but, but nobody around here seems squeamish. They're like, that's fine, this girl was just hacked up, like, whatever. Yeah, they just, like, throw pieces onto a, a stretcher and wheel them on out. Yep, uh, so let's go see the dean. Oh, you mentioned that uh, the pieces that are missing. Creepy. The inspectors, or detectives, or sergeant, lieutenants, whatever, they want to see the boys. Also, they want to know where all the missing pieces are being put. 
Myron, I believe his name is, uh, if I remember correctly, Kendall and Kendall, they're asked to see Bracken and Holden. They're almost certain that it's an inside job, and now they want spies around the campus. And of course, like the dean's like, that's not a great idea, but uh, we should probably do that, I guess. Couldn't hurt, right? Couldn't, couldn't hurt. Hey, who would be a great undercover person? But one of the suspects. Kendall, sure, yeah. you were about to bang one of the victims. Let's put you on the job. And speaking of that, so like they're on their way to like this meeting, and he's talking to his even more nerdier friend, and he's like, wait a minute, so you were, like, he was like nailing another chick? Or something like that? Or... I think he was going to bang all the, the chicks that get murdered. Okay. Yeah. He's like, ah, yeah. like I whistled, they come running. Apparently, <laughs> Goggles is impressed. The Goggles. Nice. That was, that was pretty fucking funny. So they meet with Grace, Dean, Bracken, and Holden, and they're all talking about the note. Who gave the note to who? And Grace gave the note to Dean. He's like, I don't want my office being used as a mailing address. So he's like, oh, it's a note from the killer who didn't want Kendall there, but, you know, he thought things were fishy, so Kendall went to the pool anyway. Yeah, that's a great a... alibi. Great alibi. You know what? Yeah. I wasn't supposed to be there, but I had a feeling, so I was there anyway. Yeah. They give him a card for somebody to talk to down at, like, the precinct or some or whatever, the office. And we see... Yeah, yeah, it was. So... Mr. Black Pants and Black Shoes Man are walking down the hallway. And uh, we have a late night uh, jazzercise session going on. Yeah, some aerobics with the uh, shadow peeking in the window. <laughs> and we got some heavy uh, panting as we uh, walk, or they're watching through the door. I love how he just reminded me of like It reminded me of like fucking Black Christmas. The, like on the phone, where he's like... <sighs> I, I thought of... Uh, Joe Spinell and Maniac. Oh, that, yeah, that too. Although I think there was a little more voice involved in that. Yeah, he kind of moaned too. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so a couple of these girls are wearing heels, apparently. I feel like that's unsafe. You gotta practice, man. You gotta practice wearing them heels. You gotta practice dancing in them heels. Uh, but, uh, it ain't okay. easy being sexy. Uh, then the shadow leaves, and a, and a girl is heading downstairs where the killer follows. And she's, she's like super bubbly. She's like, and they'll just sing it down the stairs. And uh, she feels like she's being followed. And her friend like opens up one of the, I'm guessing it was a dorm room or something like that. It scares the crap out of her. Yeah, a little jump scare right there. And uh, I believe it was Bracken that brings Kendall to a shrink. Yes. That was the, uh, the, the card. And they're basically they're trying to profile the killer. And this is where... We meet Mary Riggs, who is a tennis champ who's going to play spy. Yeah, so now she's a cop, apparently. Yeah, a tennis champion cop. I've, you know, I mean, it makes sense. That's how you know it's Boston. <laughs> uh, she's being hired as an undercover tennis coach. You know, keep your eyes open and watch out for Mary. Now, you if know, they're going to hire her had... as a tennis coach, you know, she must be really good at playing tennis. Yeah, oh, yeah. you would think so. Yeah, you would think. You would think so, but apparently the actress was not. They used a lot of wide-angle shots for that. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so Mary's, like, nervous now. She's like, why did you have to tell him, like, all about me? He's like, well, we need somebody to, like, watch out for you. And there's a lady in the yard, like, having an argument with a cop, like, near the entryway. 
And you know what? I'll give them credit for this. They got the paper right. She's a reporter from the Boston Globe. In case you forgot, we're in Boston. But yes, correct, correct paper. And the guy still trying to light his blunt. Yeah. And essentially the reporter's like, all right, like, what the fuck? What is going on? I'm starting to hear shit. And the lieutenant. I don't know what's happening. Oh, okay. I don't seem to recall. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you could ask Miss Mary over there. I, I think it's funny that there's this cover-up. And there's, what, three bodies now? Yeah. Or two bodies. Well, well, what, whatever. There are girls being murdered on this college campus. And this two. isn't already news? I mean, the reporter's sniffing around because she heard something. I think yeah, everyone would talking. be talking about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very true. And then, so we have a tennis match going on, which obviously, it, it seemed like it was awfully cold to be having a tennis match. Just just, just my two cents. Like, people were in winter jackets. I felt like that wasn't really a winter sport. Yeah, I, I do have to say that this was also the most awkward tennis match I've seen. It was definitely the funniest tennis match since I was lobbing balls over the fence in a dope alley at Framingham High. I know. It looks like you can see them like hit the ball and you see the ball like take off and then like it's like it, the other person like hits it. It's at like eye level. Yeah. I'm like that ball should have been over. The yeah, so, so it's just someone off screen kind of just gently tossing the ball so that they can hit it. And then like, yeah. I, I love how like, you know, the typical audience, you know, the left, yeah. right, left, right, right, right. Uh, the Globe journalist uh, is is there watching, watching the mass uh, match, and so they meet like afterwards, and they're t- they're saying that they have to release Willard because of lack of evidence. Right. And of course, like the Globe reporter comes in, she's like, "So what the hell's going on?" And he's just like, "Fuck off!" Yeah, yeah. And, like, get leaves. the fuck out of here. And Mary's like, "Oh, you know, I'd really like to to talk to you later." And then he's kind of questioning her exactly about what her job is going to be. Yeah, so we're back into, like, some sort of living room and den. We're back into the drawer. We we're going to put some more pieces to the puzzle. Arms. Fill in the uh, torso area. What was it, arms? Yeah, they're adding arms now. Okay, we're adding arms. If you see what's going on, each piece that he puts together, then he needs to grab that piece in real life. Yeah, so uh, we have the aerobics chick is now practicing kind of by herself, and uh, the shadow is... <sighs> Kind of watching and panting outside the door. Uh, she thinks she hears the door, although I don't know how because her music is fucking blaring. And, uh, you know, she kills the radio. She's a little nervous. She gets dressed. And the killer is on the move now. And so now, like, the girl's like, oh, shit. Turns off the lights. And she's, like, booking it. Like, she's fucking running. And the, and the shadow is, like, slowly taking steps. So, I'm sorry, but this chick should have been way the fuck far ahead of him. Yeah, she's, like, going through, I would say she went through, like, ten doors, running, full yeah. speed. And he's mm-hmm. just, like, dum 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 And now he's got, like, yeah. a little chainsaw that he's kind of, like, you know, holding to it, to his side. Like, how many chainsaws does this guy own? Yeah, 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 well. So, so yeah, and, and somehow they meet at an elevator. Where she's, like, oh, shit, like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. So and she then, definitely like, knows who it is. So he, like, hits the button. She's, oh, it's you, sir. You made me jump. And, yeah, goes in there. Goes in. He goes into the elevator, like, after her. And, uh, yeah, we hear he cuts off her arms. Yeah, he Venus de milo that bitch. Yeah. So, you know, everyone starts to hear the screaming. So, like, you have the, like, the campus, like, police, I believe it was. 
um, Kendall, like, they start they're running for that elevator. Yeah, Ken- Kendall was, like, working on his bike, and there was a couple beat cops walking around. They hear the scream. So now we know that Kendall is not the killer. And cross so, his name off the suspect list. But can we notice his, like, heels or boots, whatever the fuck he was wearing? Did you notice those? No. Yeah, he might as well have been wearing high heels. That's what it looked like. Are they biker boots? No. I, I don't know, dude. Okay. Well, anyway, if you ever happen to watch the movie again, check that shit out. But granted, it's the 80s, so who knows? <laughs> they finally get the door open, the body is there, and we finally see someone react to, like, a mutilated body. <laughs> and the cop pukes. And Kendall and the other cop are just, like, totally caught back. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's a... That's a... Oh, damn it, another one. A massacre. <laughs> and so, like, the inspectors, they, like, they finally hit the scene. Along uh, with what looks like a delivery truck marked Boston Health Hospitals. In case you forgot, we're in Boston. But there is no Boston Health Hospitals. We have so many hospitals you could have chosen from. I think it was, like, generic. Like, this is the, the Boston medical attention it, facility it, it wasn't it, it was like a ups truck it wasn't an ambulance <laughs> it was like a cintas truck that's literally like what it was yeah. but yeah so the detectives get there and then this is where i started to be a little bit like iffy about the, the white-haired detective holden i'm like that guy i'm like i don't know i'm like he doesn't talk much and doesn't really contribute now, the lieutenant asked one of the uh boston health guys give me a match sorry i don't smoke Damn it. Yep. Now the shrink shows up, the coroner show up to examine, and back comes Mr. Professor Brown. Hey, where did you just come from? Yeah, we'll be talking to you later. As the dean makes another appearance a little bit later. Looks and very uh, angry. He's, he's putting more pressure on Kendall. Like, like for Christ's sakes, he's a college kid. He's like, oh, you know, make sure fucking marry. Like, whatever. And uh, Bracken asks Holden to do... A massive background check on all the staff. Use the whole budget if you have to. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of money to go into into one case. Now, I know this is like a... How much do background checks cost? A background checks for this many people? I don't know. Probably 20, an, 20 bucks. I mean, an entire budget? I mean, What's their budget? I don't know. And then, and then they're like, we need to figure everything out. And then I, I posted this on Twitter earlier. This is a great shot of like... Like, all the suspects, and they're all just kind of looking at each oh, other. Oh, yeah, I wrote the same thing down. <laughs> it was a great shot, because why are all these people standing here? Even Ken, uh, what's his name, Willard? Willard? He's in the background. He's in the background, where he's got that one eye, like, gaze. <laughs> you got the professor, you got the dean, you got uh, Kendall. He still is a suspect to them, but, like, we know now he's he's off the hook. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. I'm like, that's fantastic. I need a fucking picture of this. And so, you hear another girl screaming, but this is for a different reason. She's screaming, oh. Yes. Shut up, will ya? (laughs) Why do you have to make such a big fuss? Jeez, you're going to have people think you're in bed with Chainsaw Charlie. (laughs) uh, I guess, like, he gets up to look out the window. Wasn't really expecting the eggplant to drop, but, you know, we got that. (laughs) Here's one for the ladies. Now, yeah. now I want to just mention Eli Roth's theory here. So you get the killer who's taking pieces of women, and you have on the opposite, like on the good guy's side, you have Kendall, who's using women as pieces of meat. Not so much a theory as an observation. Yeah. So while he's, you know, adding another notch to his belt, he's looking out the window, sees Mary's kind of like wandering around. So he's got to go. 
And, no, before uh, he leaves, she's like, why don't you gag me? I won't make any noise then. Uh, yeah, and uh, you got the, the shadow is kind of like hiding, was like in a bush or something like that. It's He's holding his sta- chainsaw. Yeah, definitely stalking uh, Mary right here. Yeah, as uh, Kendall's trying to, to like get to her, but out of nowhere comes Bruce Lee. Yes. Not to be confused with Bruce Lee. This is Lee with one E. So Bruce Lee. <laughs> and arguably the one scene that makes zero sense. Oh, this is the whatsoever. this is the one. This is the one scene. Yeah. So all out of nowhere, he starts doing some some fucking kung fu on Mary. She gets the upper hand or rather foot and uh, just kicks him in the nuts and he passes out and falls over. Yeah, well, well, it turns out that he's, like, Kendall's, like, kung fu fucking coach or something like that. Yeah, yeah he's like, oh, like, this is this is Chow. He's my kung fu kung fu professor. How you doing, man? He's like, oh, something I eat. Bad chop suey. So long. So there's the bad chop suey. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell does this have to do with anything? And who the fuck is this guy? So Bruce La is one of the many kung fu artists that came out around you know bruce lee's yeah height no, no in, i did read yeah. so they just yeah, they just I, I shoved him the in thing. there because i think he's friends with one of the producers yeah i i, I read that dude but had like I, re- I read it after i watched credits. the movie huh he had over like 50 credits yeah uh, so you know they get on the bike and they they take off and the globe reporter was hanging around nearby and uh might have some new blood for our killer so she, yep, she right. escapes inside. Yep. Uh, to a nice little area, uh, like a pool table. It looks like a nice pool table. Yeah. I, I did and, like uh, this she's... next shot where the shadow is like along the wall. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, she's goes into this other room and she's attacked by the killer, stabbed repeatedly like on like a waterbed. And she's actually fighting. She's trying to get away, but gets stabbed in the back of the head. Now... This was you hilarious. <laughs> so, I think the I, editor I could have just did a little tiny bit <laughs> off of there because you could totally see the knife bend. But then the next yeah, shot, so I, it, it, it kind of ruins the next shot because the next shot is amazing. And then, like, yeah. the tip of the knife coming out of her mouth. Like, that was really yeah. cool. Because, so, like, Susan had just got home from Target or whatever. She goes into the kitchen and that scene had just happened. And I'm like, ah! She's like, what? I'm like, you have to see this. <laughs> I come back. I'm like, I'm not going to say anything. Just watch the knife. And she's like, oh, my God. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, so I have this listed as the best and worst kill in the movie. Best because it was really cool the way they did the, the knife out of the mouth. But worst because, come on. No, I agree. I agree. Like, it could have been so fucking cool. But anyway, uh, Kendall now drops Mary off, and you can tell he's definitely trying to mack his way into the apartment. Uh, you're gonna be making any coffee? Yeah, not now. <laughs> Take off. Another time. Get the fuck out of here. So, yeah, apparently they, they they wanted they wanted those two to have like a love scene or whatever, but I guess the actress who plays Mary was like, I'm good. Yeah, so, Linda Day George, <laughs> she's like, nope. Yeah, no, I'm good. So, as he like leaves, like his buddy... Kendall's buddy Merrill like just randomly pops out of nowhere with like a mask on. Yeah, like like yeah. So so Kendall turns around. There's just this mask dead center in the camera. And like, takes off the mask. It's the nerdy goes, Casanova and disappears. Yeah, I believe that's the last like, we see of that kid. I'm like, 
the fuck does that even mean? Casanova? He's saying, oh, look no, at no, you no. trying like, to get laid. Like, what was the point of, like, the dude, like, even doing that? Like, why was that in the movie? There's a murderer on campus, and this guy's walking around with a Halloween mask. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, and so, and we're back to the killer's place, who, like, again, like, it's a really nice place. You know, we open up the ice box again, and there's a chick on a hook. And we're just adding more pieces. Yes, now he's putting together the legs. Yes. She's got legs. And, uh... So we're back on the tennis court, and apparently it's pretty fucking cold because we can see this chick's breath. I don't know if you notice that, but yeah, she's just again. she's just practicing serving. Yeah, and uh, some music's playing over the speaker. Some and horribly so loud band music. <laughs> <laughs> she leaves the court, heads to the locker room, into the showers, leaves the key in the door. I will say, great butt shot. Shadow gets into the locker room, moseys his way into the shower room, and uh, Mary and Kendall seem to be coming this way too. You know, the, the, the chick who was practicing, she she emerges, she gets dressed. and She uh, half gets dressed. Now, I want to say, they show true. the killer's feet in this, and he's not wearing his boots, he's wearing, like, brown loafers. penny loafers. Yeah. It's like, hmm, what's that about? It's like, yeah, so he just took this it's, opportunity it's, really quickly. He's oh, oh I'm going to get this one. She's got the legs that I need. Yeah, so, I mean, it's obviously somebody, like a, like a white-collar type of, not like somebody who's down on his luck, somebody who's, like, well-dressed and has, like, a good job and shit like that. I guess. I didn't know penny loafers were good shoes. Well, they're not shitty boots or anything. Okay, all right. I, I see where you're going with that. Like, he was dressed. Like, he was, he was, it looked like business casual, at least. Okay. But anyway, so he shows up with a chainsaw, and this was hilarious, because she's like, dude! Dude. Oh, I, don't, I thought that was funny. And she runs away topless. Yep. And she hides in the bathroom with her back against the door. She knows he has a chainsaw, so I'm going to go closer to the guy who's trying to kill me and can put a chainsaw through a door. Now, she's panicking. And I think she was trying to keep the door closed, and then the chainsaw comes through, and she's like, oh, that wasn't smart. Sure. And I guess, like, so she they show her, like, peeing herself, which I guess she actually did. Which I find a little... All right, so that's what the director says. Um, right. Um, Juan Piquet or Simone. He's like, oh, yeah, she did that, and I thought it was great, so I kept it in. But it was like a close-up of that. Like, unless they zoomed in on it later, right. but it was the same quality. So I don't know if I buy yeah. that. I don't... Yeah, I, I I could see I could see that, but yeah he get he gets through the door and uh, this time we're going halvesies. Yeah, this was this was awesome too. Cuts her right in half. Cuts her right in half. And now here is Willard, Mary, and Kendall, uh, who they're asking Willard like who like who the fuck is playing this music? He's just like I just take care of the grounds. But and he's like oh can you get us the keys? We gotta we gotta turn this shit off. So like, all right fine. So he goes, grabs the keys, these aren't my keys. They turn off the music, and then they come back, and there's no Kendall. Like, Kendall went off to do something else. Yeah. And he happens to find the half-girl. And I'm going, huh. He was on your suspect list again? Slightly. It was sketchy. It was it was sketchy, and then I, I love this, and she, Mary's just like, another one. You bastard! Like, screaming to yes. the sky. While we were out here fumbling with that music... The lousy bastard was in there killing her. Bastard! Bastard! It literally 
B A A A A A S T A A A R D, all in capitals. I I noticed that. Yeah, it was loud. I I very much noticed that. It was hilarious. Uh, so, now, Detective Bracken was Sergeant Lieutenant. What I can't remember. But anyway, Bracken he's on the horn with Holden trying to get him to rush. Yeah, he's, he's on the horn. He's, he's are like, you from 1942? I'm, <laughs> I'm supposing. He's been uh, he's been working 23 hours, like 23 hour days. He's tired. He needs time. Suggest you know, and he's like, oh, why don't you use Kendall? And he's like, I must be too tired. Use a suspect. And he's like, he's, he tells the dude. He's like, dude says he's tired. He goes, take some uppers or something. <laughs> take some uppers. Yeah. And uh, the, the killer's back in the icebox now, and uh, he puts his mother's shoes on the, the hanging body, which was kind of funny, because, like, as, like, he's put the shoe on, you can see, like, her feet, like, move, like, she's trying to, like, fit her foot in the thing. But she's not Cinderella, and the shoes do not fit. No, they fell off. They, they definitely fell off. So the next shot um, is, is great, because I, I like this. You see, like, a woman's feet walking in heels, and it's like... Hmm. Hmm. Professor Brown is greeted by Mary. He says he's so used to dead bodies that he is callous. And she's she's scared. Could he walk with her in broad daylight? Yeah. So he kind of she she feels that like oh you seem a little bit bitter here, and uh, they go on about campus politics and shit like that. And he's like, but. You know, you shouldn't pry on the private lives of your co-workers. Yeah, and then she mentions... And he just, like, leaves. She mentioned, yeah, but before that, she mentions the dean and him and yeah. their relationship. And he goes, I wouldn't bet on anyone's chances with the dean. Yeah. Kendall pops up out of nowhere. Scary Barry. Uh, yep. And basically, she says she wants to go see the dean, but he's in Arlington and won't be back until 7. How the fuck does he know that? He goes, oh, every Sunday he goes to Arlington to visit his mother until seven. On the news. Arlington's a famous place in Massachusetts. Did you not know? <laughs> now, Kendall goes back to the office. He meets uh, Lieutenant or Sergeant Holden. He's like, you don't smoke, do you? He's like, no. He's like, okay, I don't want my area polluted. He hands him some files, gets him to work. He goes, yeah, sift through these. Big picture of Ronald Reagan in the back. Yeah. This is 1982, and everyone's got a picture of the president. I don't think anyone does that anymore. I get so I, I made fun of this I think previously, and I guess people actually used to have framed pictures of the president, hmm. which I think is fucking strange. But you know, whatever. Well, like I get it. Like I know a lot of like older generations used to have like a picture of like. Kennedy in their house, like in this area, because like he's a he's a local guy, and he's now the president. Is like, he in he, your family? Why the fuck are you putting a framed picture of that? I hey hey, I'm with you. I I don't think it's a thing to do, but like I guess it's a thing. I mean, I have a framed picture of Ken Faree, but that's different. He signed <laughs> it. He's a big dude. Yeah. So Mary wants to go. She goes to see the dean, and um, he opens up the door. He's like Mary. Wow, why don't you come in? And, uh, you know, she he's going to make some coffee. And Let me ask you, how much saccharin do you like in your coffee? 
Uh, none. I actually drink my coffee black, so I don't put anything in it, uh, especially poison. I don't put any poison in my coffee. And obviously, by this time, you, you put two and two together that he's the killer because it's the fucking killer's house. See, I, I can't I can't quite do the black. I'm trying to wean off the, like the sugar. Yeah. So I'm just trying to do like milk. I, I can't do black. That that tastes like vomit to me. Uh, you can do a little bit of cream, and that is a little sweeter than milk. You can try that. I'll give that a try. But no poison. No poison. Poison. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely have weaned off of that. Okay. Well, that's good. So. Yeah, puts a few drops of the, the, the poison in and uh, very creepily brings the uh, the tray out. And this is where I'm like, huh, this guy's being very sus. Yeah, and, he, and he, he apologizes for the coffee. Instant, I'm afraid. And she goes, it's fine. I love the cream. Yes, well, this is New England, of course. What? <laughs> Are we known for instant coffee and, and good tasting cream? It, it is funny because I literally just suggested that you try cream in your coffee. <laughs> but I did not know that we were known for that. Uh, so, so she starts asking about Professor Brown and he just goes, well, you want some more coffee? And she's like, yeah, sure. And of course, like he takes like the, the, the little fucking like mini baster thing and he's like, goes to town on yeah. the, like, well yeah the he starts like, he starts doing that because she mentions uh that there's a warrant to search the campus now right so he's like oh right. shit right and then, like as soon as he made that face i'm like oh, apparently he's the guy well you didn't notice that he took a dropper and he was putting drops of shit well in the coffee? no but I'm, I'm just saying like that whole scene oh, okay like where, where was where i was like okay like he's he's the fucking guy i thought you meant literally right then what he made the no, face. not that exact moment. Like, I just he already that whole poisoned her. Like, this wasn't a friendly <laughs> poisoning. But yeah, and then back at the office, um, Holden's making a phone call asking about a John... I, I forget what the last name was. Did you notice what they were eating? I did not. Oh, Wendy. Was it Wendy's? Yeah, they were eating Wendy's. Just so you know that we're in the United States because uh, Wendy's is not in Spain. Or most of Europe. It's uh, pretty much an American thing. All right. so just well, so you know, we're eating American food. Yeah, so uh, he calls about Arlington, and uh, there's a, a 413 Cedar Road. Now, there's a 413 Cedar Ave in Arlington, and it's a house that's directly next to Route 2, which, that would suck. Well, I mean, Route 2's there now. Route two, yeah, Route two is it was there in the 80s. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't know. Maybe... It's a major highway. Maybe the street is a different place, and they changed it. They changed it to Wahlberg Way. That would have been in Dorchester. Trying to stick up for the movie and defend it, okay? <laughs> There's not much you can defend with this movie. You can defend that it was fun. So anyway, so they're, they're, they're you know, they go back to, to the dean and Mary, and he's like, oh yes, Professor Brown. Well, he's a homosexual, you know. And I'm like, wow. He almost tried to kill me, but I'm very strong, you know. And then she's like, oh. She goes, I'm starting to feel funny. He's like, yeah, that's because I drugged you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so the officer gives Bracken the update, you know, because you got a telex or something like that or whatever. I guess it's like a, tele like a modern telegram for the 80s. 
And I was like, oh, get me a car. So, so she's basically like, you know, she's, she's awake, but can't fucking do anything. She's she's paralyzed. He starts sizing up her feet. Looks like, uh, yeah, he's grabbing plastic because, you know, you don't want to get shit on the carpet. Although you did drag like a bloody sack against the rug. Yeah. But I mean, now he's, he can prepare. The other was a crime of passion. I don't know, but she's got Cinderella's feet. Uh, Apparently. So they show up, like the cops show up. And uh, so, he, like Dean, the Dean's like hiding behind the curtain as they like this break through the was door. Hilarious! That's like <laughs> you you play hide and seek with the kids for the first time, and that's like the first hiding spot a kid picks is behind <laughs> a curtain. So they they see Mary. She's like, and and they're like, oh, he's still around. We must. We're not going to check anything in this room. We're going to go to a different room. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, of course, like, Kendall's like, oh, my God, like, you know, are you okay? Yeah, you're great. Like, hey, let's try to get you walking. Like, she's, she's like, been poisoned. Yeah. Let's get you walking. Yeah, so he starts to get her walking. She's kind of moving. He's like, oh, don't worry. You'll be ready for the marathon before you know it. <laughs> Again, just to hone in the fact that we're in Boston. Because, obviously, we have the longest running annual marathon. And so, like, they, the, like, the cops all leave. They're walking backwards, and then, like, the dean comes out and, like, attacks Kendall, who drops Mary on her face. Yep. Oops, sorry. And they're, they're atrociously fighting on the floor until the door opens, and here comes Bracken, who puts one between the eyes of the dean. Yeah, it was yep. a great shot. And I, I thought it was very haphazardly he just like walks in the room and just looks over bang like he must be an excellent he's, shot because he, he's that good man he didn't aim at he, all he just was just like Boop. yeah and then of course uh holden's like ah mary will be fine I'm like how do you know you don't know what he put in her body I know. Yeah. Like, just by looking at her she'll be fine let's not look around to see what he might have poisoned her with let's just assume that it's wearing off. <laughs> it's it, it's fine. You, you should, trust me, she'll be good. And then, like, Holden finds the box with the puzzle. Starts to tell Kendall, Oh, we could use a guy like you. You could We could get you on the job, get you on the force. We're always finding surprises, like, And he finds, like, a secret door. Yeah, it leans on, like, the bookshelf, like, in a Scooby-Doo movie. It, like, flips around. And there we have Frank and Mom. Frankenmom, good one. I like that. Yeah, Frankenmom falls out, and some screaming is going on. So she's on the floor. They cover her. For, and then for a couple her dead seconds body, later, she was doing a lot of jiggling. She did a lot of jiggling. Although the head was, you could tell that was like the the you know the oldest part because it was like gray. Yeah, I do have to say the makeup was pretty cool. And like yeah, the, it was the, pretty the, cool. The stitches. Yeah, I I really thought. That they did a good job with, like, the gore and the makeup and stuff like that. Yeah. And you fast forward a few minutes, and uh, you okay? It's, well, my heart rate, my heart's beating again. And, you know, they cover her, and, uh, you know, they're getting ready to, like, finish up, and she reaches out and crushes Kendall's junk. So, she actually ripped his balls off. Yeah. Right through his jeans. So I guess he actually took a cut in the groin. 
because she had razor blades on her fingers to cut through his jeans. She uh, went a little too amorously on that. Yeah, and that's how we end the movie. Yeah, so like literally, so like, <laughs> so Susan was actually on board with this. Like, she's like, this is fucking great. Like, this is, like, one of those terrible movies that's, like, fucking awesome. And then that happened, and we both just kind of went. <laughs> you, you took that one step too far. Uh, a lot of people like, actually really? really dug the ending. Um, Eli Roth, for one, saying it is one of the best endings of a slasher movie. It kind of goes hand-in-hand with his um, thing about Kendall using women as pieces of meat. And all like yeah. the women he'd been fucking kind of come back to him and and, and rip his nuts off at the, at the end. They take his manhood away at the at the end. So yeah, a, no, I, I a get little it. I get deep it. for a silly movie. Yeah, yeah, very fun. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed like <laughs> oh, don't get me wrong. Like I I, I enjoyed it. I I, I laughed. Dude, <laughs> I mean, there was a couple production things that could have been a little bit tighter. A little bit. Um, like, you know, I, I like how they, they obtained Wendy's, like a, a Wendy's cup in a bag. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty cool. This is actually the last movie that was played during Joe Bob's The Last Drive-In Marathon, the original one that was on Shudder. This is the one he ended with. You know, I've seen the movie a few times, and I get to tell you, that 85 minutes, it goes by pretty quickly. It, it, it does, and... I'm definitely not going to say that I didn't like the movie. I, I am all for horrible movies that keep me entertained. I don't really give a shit. Like, I don't. I like stupid shit. So what are you giving it? <sighs> that being said, <laughs> here we go. You know we only go up to five, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go one and a half. Whoa. One and a half. Rates. I was gonna go two. And then she ripped his balls off. Okay. I'm like, ah, I don't know about that. See, this is why I have a system. I can't let one little shocker there, like, deviate my brains. I'm going a solid two and a half. So not solid. Okay. Two and a half brains. Okay. okay, so you you won't let a solid ending change your brains. But if I make a comment about something about your brains, you'll take brains off. Three brains. <laughs> You're fucking with my brains. I'm gonna keep doing this till you give it five. <laughs> I'm sticking with two and a half. I can't. I can't. I can't do the three. I mean, it, it's it, it's fun. I mean, obviously, you could tell it's dubbed, and if you can get past that, I mean, I read <laughs> there was like one review on IMDb, and I because I was purposely like seeking out like the really terrible like reviews. I'm like, I need to know, like, who analyzed this movie. And now my phone doesn't want to pop up. Okay, that's fine, because I can talk about some of the cast. So, uh, Lieutenant Bracken was played by Christopher George. He's actually the husband of Linda Day George, who played Mary Riggs. They were in a lot of movies together, like Mortuary, City of the Dead. I thought that was was cool. Yeah. (laughs) Both of those cool-ass movies. So, it just came up. So, this was 1 out of 10 on IMDb. The title is Just Dreadful. Now, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's pretty fucking long. But the first paragraph, film takes place in Massachusetts, in parentheses. Obviously, it was shot in Spain. Obviously. Did you know it was obviously shot in Spain? Uh, 
I would say it was obvious it wasn't shot in Massachusetts. True. Yes. But if you had just seen the movie, would you have guessed, oh, this is definitely in Spain? No. 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 So it's well, maybe, this guy's, maybe this guy's from Spain. Oh, uh, possibly. It says it starts in the 40s with a mother catching her son putting together a jigsaw puzzle of a naked woman, freaks out, yells at him, to, orders him to get a trash bag, which didn't exist in the 40s, which, yes, we touched upon. He leaves, comes back with an axe, and hacks mommy to pieces. And in big parentheses, in open, like, big caps, that's the opening scene! Yeah, that's then, a great <laughs> opening scene. It, it was. And he goes, then it cuts to 1983 at a college where somebody's hacking up young female students into pieces. But who and why? You won't really care. I'm like, no, it doesn't matter. If you're watching this movie, you don't give a shit why these people are being hacked up. Yeah, the motive is not something I was looking into because I'm not Lieutenant Bracken. I'm not trying to solve the case. Yeah. I mean, it, basically, it says, basically, this film was made to show off tons of blood and gore. I have no problem with that at all, but it's all the movie has. The dreadful dubbing was purposely done badly so people would laugh at it. It's kind of hard to laugh at any movie in which shoving very explicit gore in your face. I mean, I, I do that on a daily basis. Hmm. I, I I saw it in the theater in 1983, and no one laughed once. Well, no, because it was 1983, and I feel like people didn't laugh at this shit back then. No, this is what you laugh at now, looking back yeah. on it. Like, like, this is, like, reviews like that make me fucking laugh, because it's just, it's like, so, come I on. I mean, he said he saw it in 1983 in the theater, so obviously this is an older gentleman, we'll, we'll call him. So, yes. it's a, he's just a fucking curmudgeon. He's mad. It's like Abe Simpson yelling at the cause. <laughs> yeah, uh, so if we're going to be doing this this negativity thing, uh, I want to say a certain show just ended and a lot of people angry with the ending. A lot of people, like, I don't, I don't get this. You watch a show, you hate the ending, so you complain so much that you think that they're going to change the ending. Like, I can't yeah. stand that. Just just let it go. Watch something else. Why are you putting well, so like, much energy into something that's already over with? You didn't like it? Move on. I'm not going to say this guy's name, but, like, I'd like to kill the script writers. Idiot mother dot curse. <laughs> like, whoa, that's... <laughs> that's someone that should be on a list somewhere. Yeah. Like, do you taking it that seriously? Gee, oh. It's, oh my god, it's a movie. Yeah, so, uh... Horror Babe of the Month. Yeah, who do we got? Anya Taylor-Joy. Yes. Starring in one... Downtown. Yes. Uh, she... Dude, I've been playing the shit out of that song. Now, do you... Up-tempo or down-tempo? Or the acapella? Oh, both. It don't matter. I, it don't matter. I love the slow, like, version. Like, I... I... Even, the, like, the regular version is fantastic, too. Yeah, so, obviously, she... Recently starred in Last Night in Soho, which is why she's Horror Babe of the Month for January. So she was born in Miami and raised in Buenos Aires and London. She's got dual citizenship in the U.S. and the U.K. Her film debut, did you know it was as Thomason in The Witch? Yep. Which we had previously done. She was in Split, Glass, The New Mutants. She had roles in Vampire Academy and Barry, which is kind of a funny show. I've only seen a few episodes, but uh, that's good. She's in the upcoming, yeah. upcoming, upcoming Robert Eggers 
The Northman. I'm looking forward to that so much. And a new animated Mario Brothers movie as Princess Peach. Yes, that's another one. I I love the Mario Brothers. Like uh, the kids love it, so like, I'm excited. We'll we'll all go see that yeah. probably. I mean, I I know it's not really like horror related, but she's in uh, Queen's Gambit, which a lot of people talk about. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess she was in uh, Peaky Blinders too. Yes, I did see that with uh, Cillian Murphy. Yeah, yeah. No, I started the first season of that, and it was really good. I gotta, I gotta get back to that. Yeah. Um. So, cheers to Anya. Cheers. Here's a banquet for you. Just so you know, we're in America. We're drinking cheap American beer. Of <laughs> <laughs> course, banquet and PBR. Oh yeah. Fan feedback. Dan McGee. Our buddy over overseas in the UK, he comments. So I, I posted a picture of like my my setup. I'm like, all right, let's do this. Pieces, 1982. And he comments and goes, "Is that the? You don't have to go to Texas for a chainsaw massacre one." Nice. Yeah, and um, other than that, I mean, we got a bunch of likes. Um, Twitter didn't really answer us. Well, answer me anyway. Yeah, might have answered you. I mean, we got some likes. Uh, Mikey Slashik said, "It's exactly what you think it is: face slapping, axe to the head, blood splatter, body sawing, chainsaw decapitation, matricide, headless corpse, and that's just in the first ten minutes." My personal number <laughs> one grindhouse film. Hashtag mutant fam. So obviously a fan. Brandon, amazing flick. Sean O'Donnell loved this movie. So, I mean, I didn't get any negative stuff on it. So, as shoddy as some of the production value was, it was a, it was a great movie. I mean, 1982, 1983, whenever, whenever, I think they did a great job in entertaining us 40 years later. Oh, uh, 100%. I mean... Okay, yeah. You can't you can't take these movies like seriously. You can't like analyze these like you would an actual like movie. I guess this, this was an actual movie. <laughs> I mean, it was an actual movie, but I'm not gonna sit here and, and break down the dialogue. I'm not gonna break down, you know, how actors do in this movie. Like I'm, I'm not. Like I'm. I watched this movie to see people killed by chainsaws. Joe Bob said it great. He's like, you know, a lot of people can take some bad actors and with, you know, the production, make them look good. Well, Juan Piquet Simone, he's got a special talent because he takes all these acclaimed actors and <laughs> makes them look bad. <laughs> there was a lot of silly performances. That that whole bastard is pretty, pretty, pretty over the top and, and funny. Yeah, yeah, no, that that was fucking. Uh, I, I I had a lot of fun, and I knew as soon as like, like I finished the movie, I'm like, this is gonna be a great fucking episode. Yeah, pretty good. I think I'm actually gonna go and have some more of that bad chop suey. There you go. Actually, it was really good. Some hot sauce. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, want to just shout out to anyone listening. Thank you for listening. We could actually use a favor. Do you have an idea for our next tangent? 
Because if yeah. you do, reach out to us at fans of the dead podcast at gmail.com. Let us know. If you just want to say hey, you can say hey. Follow us on Twitter at fans of the dead one. Yeah. Uh, we're on Instagram, fans of the dead podcast. We're on Facebook, fans of the dead. Uh, check out our website, fans of the dead.com. Uh, you can catch our episodes. We are on the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. Uh, there's a ton of great shows on it. Uh, I mean, just to name a few, I mean, uh, Attack of the Pill- Killer Podcast, uh, Land of the Creeps, The Horror Cast, um, Late Night Psychorama. I mean, there's just, I mean, just to name a bunch. I mean, there's, there's something for everybody. Yeah, just check it out. Check us out. Browse around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, until next time, have fun. Be safe. Peace. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening.